Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, the bisexual specialist, and my main mission in life is to help my bisexual family create the life they desire and deserve and construct authentic and affirming faith if they want. But listen, this podcast is for the entire queer community. So you are welcome here, my friend, I promise. On Mondays, it's Bi Talks, where I answer questions and talk about all things related to bisexuality. On Wednesdays, it's Table Talks. This is where I either do a solo episode or invite wonderful guests into the podcast to talk about all things related to the queer community, especially as it deals with Christianity. And then on Fridays, it's Bible Talks, where it's just me sharing some devotion and application from Scripture. So, I invite you to grab that coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to another Bible Talks issue. And we are continuing our walk through the book of Acts. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you remember that last time we talked about how um, the shadow of Peter came and people would bring all the people in to, to try to just get that shadow cast upon them so that God would show up and heal them. So the number of people that were attracted to the apostles and their teaching was incredible. So what do you expect when this is going on? Well, we've already seen a glimpse into the thought process of the Sanhedrin. And the scribes, the the, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the leaders, the, the priests were still not happy. Because they heard about what was going on. They heard about all these people coming. And to them, it was a slap into the faith of their own tradition, their own faith, and their own credibility. So what do they do? They drag them back in before them. They arrest them. And this time, they throw them in jail. But here's where it gets really interesting in the story in chapter 5 of Acts. As we finish this chapter, in the middle of the night... The disciples were released from this prison, not at the hands of a jailer, not at the hands of the Sanhedrin, but the Bible tells us that God removed them from this cell. And then they went and did what they had been doing. They went and continued to speak and preach about Jesus. Now, when the Sanhedrin had gathered together in the text, they they said, well, we got to bring them before us. And 
you know, find out what are they going to do and how are they going to respond? And we've got to put the foot down, basically put our foot down against them. We've got to stop this. So they send them to go get them from the jail. Surprise, surprise. They're not there. The jail is locked. The sentries are still at their post. But yet the disciples, they're gone. Where are they? Again, they find them out continuing to do what was ticking them off. It's preaching about this Jesus. So what do they do? They gather them again and bring them before them. They are really getting very angry at this point. They are fed up with these guys. They've given them warnings. They've tried to get them to do these things, to stop doing what they're doing. And the disciples have refused. So what other option do they have? They bring them before them, and they say, we are going to put them to death. And if you're part of the Sanhedrin, that probably makes pretty good sense. In their minds, they are a disruption. They are heretics. They are speaking against them. They are questioning their authority. All kinds of stuff are going on. And they were not happy. But interesting, one of the Pharisees, Gamaliel, people pronounce it Gamaliel, Gamaliel, you know, I've heard people pronounce it all kinds of ways. Whatever works for you is fine. Is fine. Point is, this Pharisee stood up and said, wait a minute, guys, wait. Remember, there were a couple of other instances in the recent past where someone went and started speaking uh, an alternative message and it began to fizzle out. He said, you know what? If we put these guys to death, then there's going to be a rebellion. There's going to be people coming against us because they're pretty popular right now. So if we attack them that directly, then the people will respond and it, it won't play well for us. So he makes the suggestion, you go, you know, let them go. If this is something that is not true, if this is something that it's just made up, or if this is something that they, you know, are just trying to do to have their five minutes of fame, so to speak, it'll go away. So just don't kill them. That will play bad on us. So they listened to him and they said, okay, yeah, we get it. That, that makes some sense. Uh, uh, we see what you're saying there. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, let's try that. I think that's the way to go, right? But before they do that, they got to beat them up a little bit, you know? They can't. So they do, and they do what they've done before. They warn them not to do this. It's kind of like telling a child not to touch a hot stove. <laughs> but in this way, their desire and their determination was not by some selfish gain or desire. It was their calling by God himself. And they kept saying that, and Peter would tell them here, this day and here, hey, look, you know, we hear you, but we're not going to stop because this Jesus that you put to death, this Jesus that you crucified was resurrected, and we are now called and commanded to speak of him. So here's the thing. It's actually true. That anything that doesn't have substance, anything that doesn't have credibility, 
anything that's not true typically won't last. We might even think about gossip. Gossip has a life of its own, doesn't it? And anybody who's been in a church at any amount of time obviously knows a thing about gossip. And gossip sometimes can be very active. It can be very life. Uh, it can have a strong life. It can be um, very per pervasive in a group. Somebody will share something that is what they think. Many times it's not even true or it's just partially true. And it takes a life of its own for a period of time. But eventually, in most cases, it dies away. Why? Because there's no substance behind it. Substance. There's no power. There's no real truth in many of it. And things that aren't true seldom last. But here's the beauty. We're still talking about Jesus. These many years later, we're still talking about their preaching and their faith all these many years later. Why? In my mind and in my heart, it's because I believe that Jesus was real, that Jesus was who Jesus said he was, and Jesus did what he said and set out to do. And therefore, what is true can never be completely shut down. What do you think? Let me know in the comments if you're in a group. Uh, just reach out to me. Love to connect. Love to hear from you. Until next time, heal your hurts over your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend. This episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.